Verizon brings you Pay It Forward Live, a weekly live stream featuring big names in entertainment to support small businesses. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on at Verizon's Twitter or Twitch, Yahoo and Fios Channel 501 at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. the Harmontown bus. You're listening to This Feels Terrible, The Love Show. This is Aaron McGathy, your host. Um, I am currently on tour with uh, my boyfriend's podcast and now, uh, well, always live show, always podcast, but now a, a live podcast tour, uh, Harmontown. We're driving from Charlotte to Brooklyn. Um, Today on the podcast, I, I have the dungeon master for Harmontown, the fantastic, the the kind, the funny, the the silly, the he's sitting right next to me, uh, <laughs> Spencer Crittenden. How do I pronounce your last name? Crittenden. Crittenden. I have on the podcast today the fantastic, uh, lovely, bearded Spencer Crittenden. Crittenden. God damn it. All right. Crittenden. Crittenden. Today on the podcast, I have the Harmontown Dungeon Master, the fantastic, the bearded, the inspired Spencer Crittenden. He's, uh, he's wonderful. Uh, high demand for uh, him as a podcast guest on this show. He's, if you haven't heard Harmontown, he's super creative and wonderful and so effortlessly funny and cool and um i've uh we've been we've been working the the merch table together and have developed kind of a sexless husband and wife relationship a little bit um it's uh it's been great like he took the cash box away from me because i was i made the the money all messy and it was fine <laughs> uh we're real um uh ethel and fred um but again sexless but but that's redundant with ethel and fred but like we were never actually married um, <laughs> enough with this sexless marriage talk. Um, he's wonderful, so please enjoy this this podcast with Spencer. And uh, yeah, that's it. Three M. Here you go. Spencer. Hey, hey. <laughs> so, uh, Spencer, we are on the Harmontown tour, and you are the dungeon master on yes, the Harmontown tour. That's correct. Uh, for those of you uh, who don't know what I'm talking about, Harmontown is a podcast hosted by Dan Harmon and Jeff Davis, and it's uh, it's it's based on the idea that Dan Harmon wants to form a colony on the moon. Dan is my boyfriend. And I am doing merch on the tour and yeah. also uh, playing D&D. And Spencer is the incredibly talented dungeon master. Yeah. Here's some facts about Spencer. Um, one, he is 23 years old. Two, he has a luxurious beard. <laughs> Three, he has a fantastic ponytail. Four, he's tall. Five, he has a great heart. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I, I asked Spencer if he would be a guest on the podcast uh, pretty early on, and he said so, maybe a little reluctantly, but uh, happy you're here. Thanks. You're I in just, high demand. I guess. I don't feel like I put out enough <laughs> to be uh, enjoyed by people. I don't know. That's my only reservation. That's interesting. So, yeah, so Spencer, what he's what he's talking about is that through Harmontown, he's he's gotten all of this really fanatic attention uh, due to his excellent uh, dungeon mastering skills, and uh, and and that's you're you're meeting people as we're going across the country who are really excited to meet you, and that's that's a weird that's a weird thing. What do you, what do, what is that like? How has uh, that been? I it's 
it's hard. It's weird. It's great. No, I mean, it's not like I'm, I don't want to come off as complaining because I'm not bummed out by like any of it at all, but it's just, it's kind of a bit overwhelming. I mean, like I literally just went to one show. It was like the first comedy show I've ever been to. I don't get out much. I don't see movies very often. Like I don't do like cultural things. Um, so I just went to that because I started listening to the podcast and, um, that was the first one I went to. I meant to go to it last week uh, or the week before, uh, it's, I went, but, um, it didn't, I figured about the Harmontown show. Yeah. To Harmontown. And so I started going and I went and on the first day I got called up on stage and, um, you know, I kind of knew there was the audience participation like bit going on. So I kind of had some idea that something might happen, but I really like couldn't imagine that like it would have gone this smoothly in this like uh i don't want to say uh, you know just good good meteoric might be a bit overselling it <laughs> no but it's, it's just gone it's gone i'm on a tour bus yeah you're on a like, tour bus slayer and sticks were in this tour bus the tour bus driver was telling us about how a guy like pissed and urinated and vomited all over pissed and urinated the same thing yeah yeah brett michaels all over the floor and wanted the bus driver to clean it up and he kicked uh, the band off of his bus and they had to like uh beg the tour company to like let him back on the bus and finish the tour yeah. so like so you're this living is, a pretty uh, rock and roll yeah lifestyle it's insane it's crazy and it's awesome and like we go to the shows and I sell merch and I talk to the people and I see the people that like come to the shows you know and they're yeah. really they're really cool they're really uh, interested but I just feel like it's it's like I don't know like imagine if you were you were uh, at a restaurant and you're playing tic-tac-toe and then all of a sudden everyone's <laughs> like Jesus Christ how you like scrawl X's like onto that paper is just inspiring like it just I want my exes to be like those and I want my strategy does to be that, that does level. Does it make you feel uncomfortable or does it make you feel good? It or makes me feel good, that. but yeah, uncomfortable because it's just like, I mean, it's just like, uh, literally, it's so, like, it's just a game. It's like, yeah. when I play it, it's just a game. When I do it on stage, I, it's just a game. I'm not, I'm looking to be pseudo entertaining, but mostly I'm just playing Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Like, it's, it's so almost pedestrian at this point. It feels wrong to be celebrated. It's like, oh, hey, you took a crap. Like, oh, are you going to eat something? That's so magical. <laughs> like, it's like, this is completely normal stuff to me. I don't know. So, you know, this is a relationship podcast. Yeah. Let's, uh, Let's 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 go back a little bit. So you uh, when when was your when did you have your your first romantic experience? What does romantic experience mean? Who who was the first girl you had a crush on? Uh, probably okay. There's this girl in middle school, and her name was Brandy, and she was just like a tall girl, and she was pretty cute, and so I probably. That's probably one of the first crushes I can probably remember. She was a good, like, four years older than me at the time, I think. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she was just someone that I saw places, and I was like, yep, she's she's great. Did you ever talk to her? No, like, never. <laughs> what did you, what was it about her that you liked, aside from her being tall I and around? I have no idea. Uh, probably just those. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I... I like people like I, I feel I grow really attached to people like I like my friends and I like hanging out with my friends like a lot yeah. and if I don't I don't like being around them period like I won't right. do anything so and it's the same way with girls I kind of like it's like I just want to be around and kind of bask in their presence sort of thing and uh, I just I but also I'm kind of like a passive person so I'm right. just like I don't want to be creepy, but I don't always feel compelled to take action or I haven't in, you know, for my, yeah. What, what qualities make you really attracted to somebody up top? Like if it's like stranger wise. Um, I like them to be able to like talk about like interesting stuff at length. Like, I don't care if it's, um, like I have this one friend and she talks about Bukowski a lot and, but she's really passionate about it. And like, I learn a lot about his work and stuff or people who are really into science and just like are up on science stuff or, you know, any sort of that, like content. Yeah, definitely. Like people who are actually thinking about stuff going on around them and processing and working through that. You know, I really kind of like that productive mind, maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. 
So I know I know that you you had a girlfriend at one point. Yeah. Can you tell me how that started and Yeah, um I was working at this place called Schwabi Books. Um we sold books on the internet and it was basically kind of like a cubicle job. I just sat at a computer all the time and um one time this girl like uh just walked in the door and I saw her and she was just like just gorgeous and um she was applying for the job and she was just real like punk girl like she had like black dyed hair and it was all spiky and like gross you know kind of like the grimy sort of thing <laughs> and um and it had like she has like this front flip thing that just went up and it was green and um she had gauges and stuff so like real like all alternative sort of thing and i was just and that's that's what you that's what the doctor ordered yeah i don't know it was right? just like it was and she just she applied and i didn't see her for like about a week and then she started working here and uh you know i i was i'm really good at that job like i was really good and um i trained all the new employees that came through basically mm -hmm. um even though like my manager was supposed to be the trainer just because i was like better than them um that i was the trainer and so I, that's how we started interacting and then more and more we like would just talk you know at work rather than just because i am really like introverted i will i will be silent as long as anyone needs me to be silent like <laughs> i mean if you want if you want to talk to me or ask me stuff i'm like yeah answer silence like and then it's just i'll go back to doing my own thing and being all mental but um but yeah, so we talked more and more, and um, we she started like asking if you I wanted to hang out. So we started hanging out, and she would always want. What would you guys do when you hung out? Fuck, like nothing. We'd go to the duck park, and that's like about it. And she would be like, "Hey, we should go to a movie." And I'm like, "I hate movies." And it was like it totally passed me by. Like I had no idea. And then at, at some point, we were texting back and forth for a while, and like I told oh I told her that she was like really cute, and she was like, "You're cute too." And and I totally passed me by and it like took me like another two months before I was like fuck and then um, like and then I realized like that she might be interested in me and so um, we were hanging out and I was gonna like tell her my feelings and I didn't and I was really I was just raging myself because like so, so you had planned ahead of time too. yeah so can you, can you take me through that like what that means well we were just hanging out and we'd been hanging out and talking and you know talk interacting a lot for a while and i was like well i should probably like do something and i don't know what that does so like we were just but i was like oh, i should say something the next time we like hang out and then i set an arbitrary date and i think it was like a saturday no, it was a Friday and um, we were hanging out and I didn't do it and I like was really beating myself up over it and then I was like, well, you know, regardless, no matter what, you got to do it tomorrow. And so we were hanging out the next day and that that next day she had like brought uh, vodka and so we were drinking in her room and then I, I told her and then she um, said that she liked me too and I was like, wait, what? And then because I was like, I was like, I was like, I, I was basically like. Well, you know, this is stupid because I'm really, like, have feelings for you, and I know that you're not, like, into me like that, so I'm just going to leave. And she uh -huh. was like, I like you, too. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and you okay, planned well, ahead of time. Like, yeah. when, you, when you were imagining, like, your profession of mm -hmm. your feelings, were you also thinking, like, okay, Spencer, you're going to tell her how you feel, and then you're going to leave immediately? Yeah, she's going to spit acid on you, and you're going to, like, wipe yourself <laughs> off and why, exit. Why is that? I don't, well, why would people like me? Like, people don't like me like that. I'm, I'm very approachable. I feel like, uh, I, I like people feel comfortable around me, Yeah. but it's only in like the most platonic of senses, like never past that. And before, I mean, my girlfriend, that's her name. So this is talking about um like there'd never been any um you know return feelings by anyone like right. ever well we'll get back to that feelings yeah. or to that to, to what that means so anyway you you told her that you liked her she said that she liked you too yeah and, and then basically we just like started uh making out and it was crazy because i had never really kissed anyone before yeah and um so she's like a manny pixic dream girl like right. totally um, but, um, yeah, so, like, uh, 
it was pretty awkward at first and she was like coaching me a little bit and then I guess I picked it up and so uh, yeah we were just like we were listening to like some seriously seriously like aggressive dubstep and it was really weird and it was just so surreal and she had like these like green and purple like lights all strung up around her room but those were like the only lights in her room so it was just dark and then green and purple and then dubstep and then making out and it was just like all yeah. this it was really trippy and um, yeah so like we started kind of I like we hung out more after that and then at some point we kind of established that we were at like actually going out and um, it was the whole relationship was kind of like me waiting for the other foot to drop because like it was right. just so out of place I was like well it's just gonna end I'm gonna fuck up I'm gonna like I'm a I'm gonna order like uh, something with a meat sauce was she was she like wh- what did it what was it like while you were dating? Was it was there a lot of give and take, or was it? We uh, it was just was like, one of you giving more than the other. I don't think so. We were just like basically hang out and we'd blissfully like waste time for like ever. It was probably one of the most amazing feelings like I had. Like yeah. it's stupid because like I had never had a girlfriend to that point, and um, it was like uh, I want to say it was like a year ago or something like that. And um, and I had always I, I felt like I was building it up in some, into something like way more than it was. And everyone, whenever I would like talk to people about that, they were like, "You don't have to feel bad. Every it's all it's not as big of a deal." And like then I was dating her, and it like really was like it was all I'd ever wanted, like yeah. literally all I'd ever wanted. And it was just too perfect. And I knew that I was gonna like I said I was just gonna fuck it up. I was gonna like I don't know like I'd, I'd stand up too quickly and I'd hurt her somehow, and then I'd be abused. <laughs> I don't know. Like, so that's, that was the mindset. That's probably not a positive mindset to have, but, um, but no, she was really easygoing and we were both kind of indecisive. So we just like kind of not know what to do. And we just like hang out and do uh, weird stuff. And we'd like go around whole foods and just look at everything and just okay. hang out a lot. I don't know. It was probably not very interesting, but, uh, yeah. And, um, we were going out. For about a month, really, and um, and then she got like this job offer to this um, place, and it was a. Do you know what an ashram is? I don't. An ashram is like a. It's like an Eastern um, medicine sort of commune, commune sort of place. Okay. It's where like. Uh, Ah, it's so hard. I can't even think. But um, it was like there was this person who was like Baba something. I don't know. They had like one of those weird multi-syllable names. And they say there was like... An Indian name? Yeah. No. But I mean, she was like a white person. Like right. totally. But yeah. But there's adopt these like Eastern... Um, like names like and like they're and set themselves up as gurus and stuff and they do meditation and stuff like that and so this ashram is like a cult sort of thing like and she used to be at this ashram before with her uh boyfriend when she was dating um him and uh yeah so we went there uh they had visited there for a couple weeks and um, she had like always loved it there, and she would talk about it a lot. And so she got this like job. How, offer. how old was she? Was she your same age? I think she was a year younger than me, so she would oh, have okay. been twenty-one or twenty-two. Um, but yeah, so she got this job offer to work because she she loved birds. Like, if there's one thing to say about this person, she loved birds, um, and um, she always wanted to work with them. So she got a, a job offer working at this ashram, supposed to be at an aviary, which like keeps birds. So that was the offer, and. And um, she had told me about it. Like she told me about it one night and I basically started crying because like, uh-huh. I feel like I saw, I don't know, like I saw everything that was going to happen at yeah. that moment. Like, and I was like, fuck. And so, but at some point early on, I'd promised myself that I never wanted to like be in the way of like a, a girl's ambition and stuff. Sure. And I knew that that was obviously really important to her. And so like, I was supportive about it and, um, yeah. And so she was like, well, you know, we can keep seeing each other or whatever. And, um, but 
so she moved away and it was really hard to deal with because she was like the only other person I interacted with at work because like there's two people that did our job mm-hmm. and um, we sat next to each other so I didn't have anyone to talk to you know and it's, so it's really easy to think about that stuff and I was yeah. pretty down for a while but like basically she like fell off the face of uh, the earth for a while apparently her phone had supposedly gotten water damaged I mean that's probably true but um, so, Wait, so she so you're trying to reach her and she said that her yeah, phone well, got like, water damage well that's the whole thing is that she said that we'd be in con- connection and communication with each other and I was like yeah that's not gonna happen like you're gonna get there and then uh, maybe we'll talk to each other for a week and then it'll be like once a week and then you'll stop and then she was like no 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 it won't happen it won't happen it won't happen and but it, and it wasn't even that it was like literally the day she was gone was the last day I heard from her for about like a month and a half and then I got like a email and so but then we and and then her apparently like I would have more or less communication with her on a on a regular basis and uh so the aviary is in Florida yeah it's on the it was it's on the other side of the United States so so she went out to the aviary she went out to the aviary and, um, like, I basically lost contact with her pretty much. It, it died a lot. Um, I didn't... How did, how did that happen? Like, how frequently were you guys hanging out before and talking before? We were probably, like, spending, like, every day together for almost... I think I said one month, but it was almost two months. Um, but, yeah, so... And then, um, and it was weird. I just, like, I was like, what do I do, like, with my time? Like, I honestly, yeah. I couldn't remember the things that I used to do. Like, I just, I, I was just at a loss. And um, she had said that we'd, like, stay in contact and stuff, and that totally didn't happen. Um, it, it, but so I lost contact with her for a long time, and then, not how, a long time, long? like, um like a month and then she, which is long yeah is long and then we, it started something. yeah it was Had like, you get, before she left did you guys break up or anything was no, there a d- uh, discussion no well we the plan on at, at the time was that um no well i uh, i say the plan um we discussed the possibility of moving out there um because i honestly didn't have anything to do uh where i was living i wasn't doing anything i could get a job anywhere right. and um it's actually like really easy like it's really cheap to pay uh like for a rent in uh florida so like that was kind of a thing and i probably clung on to that more than i probably should have but uh so but yeah we were gonna try and see if we could uh work something out but um after when we started communicating um again it ba- she had basically switched to uh like let's let's not let's not be together let's just be friends and i i mean i kind of was ready for that at the time because i you know i hadn't heard from her in about a month so i was just like okay yeah well i figured this would happen it seems so weird that she would leave and not say like the, what what was the communication transition um as far as like frequency of like were you were you yeah well I mean were you calling her and she wasn't returning your calls yeah like literally um, she was like I'll call you when I get off the plane and I and she didn't and I called her like a day later and it, it went straight to the voicemail like yeah. it was deactivated or something so and then it was like that and um, I was I was probably pretty frantic and weird um, for that point. But, um, so I didn't hear anything from her and I figured it would be about a week or whatever. But, um, yeah, so I didn't hear back from her for like about a month. And then we kind of started communicating again. At this point we had not like we were broken up officially, but we had communicated pretty regularly and I didn't figure this out until like later, but at some point she had moved in with her, um, ex-boyfriend that was at the ashram. Cause I said that she went to the ashram in the uh. past Oh, yeah. Did you know that she had an ex-boyfriend there? Yeah, I did. And that was one of my reservations, not because I like didn't trust her or anything, but I figured well, yeah, that if she got a job offer at this place and it's like a cult, then it was possible that he might have had some part to play in that. Right. So, um, but yeah, so we our communication was really slim for a while. And then I found out later that she had moved out of the ashram because um, she was staying with her boyfriend who lived at the ashram and they had like some falling out because like everyone, she had... Uh, I think she said she had like four serious boyfriends and they were pretty lengthy, uh, like, you know, relationships, but they were marked by abuse. Like every one of them, she's like a real abuse uh, victim. 
And um, honestly, the manic pixie dream. Yeah, which I think is a big part of it. I think that um, her dad, um, he divorced really early. And so she and she lived with her mom and her mom like didn't like him because uh, or her mom didn't like her because uh, she kind of like wanted to be in contact with her dad still. Right. And um, at some point, like her mom basically just excommunicated her and she went to live with her dad at that point. But that was probably when she was like 18. And then she like was living on her own and by alone. I probably I mean, with her boyfriends and stuff. Um, from then on and um, but I guess they were all pretty abusive and she didn't she was pretty like closed off and I was like starting to like kind of crack that that layer yeah um, she hadn't seen like therapists or anything she wasn't into that she probably needs that um, but I mean I probably fancied myself like able to you always do but I think that's probably part of what attracted so you, me to so her yeah like you, you being able to help yeah her and- because I, I feel I, I'm at my best when I'm helping other people I, I mm-hmm. like feeling useful and you know helpful and stuff so it was I don't know I really Hence enjoyed our it. merch table on yeah. the Harmon Down tour yeah well I mean <laughs> yeah well you needed help <laughs> yes anyway but, so yeah so she so so she needed help pattern of abuse and then you found you found out that she had left the ashram ashram and she had moved in with someone who owned an aviary out of their house and it was just some woman and um she had actually had other people kind of living there and they're just volunteering and she basically um you know cooked for them and let them sleep there and they'd keep take care of the birds and they'd go around and get birds that needed uh, homes and stuff like that and she was at that for a while but she really hated like the whole area and she, mm. it was like in, I guess, like not in civilization, really. And so Did she you was find like, this really, out from her? Yeah. Okay. So at this point, our communication actually strengthened, and we had been pretty regular about it. And I was open with my, uh, uh, with her about my feelings for her, like the whole time, and I was like still into her. Yeah. And, um, and then she was talking about how she hated it and how she wanted to move back and like be, uh, you know, with Moorpark again. And like I assumed, I don't know, wrongly or rightly, that like that kind of meant she wanted to be with me. And so as this happened, um, she found out that there was this guy who owned his own sort of aviary in, um, in Northern California. And so then her plan became to move and le- live with this, a- on, on this aviary and be volunteering there instead. What is this aviary circuit? And it's, <laughs> this exists. it's the, the, the craziest people like birds. Like I would go so, so far as well, to say, I, I like birds. I have a tattoo I, of a bird on my, uh, I might say something about you. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I love birds. I, I had, had birds growing up and I know a lot about birds. I, wouldn't say that I would work in an aviary. Yeah. I mean, I maybe for a day that might be interesting. Her mom but I, owned an aviary out of her house, too. Okay. So like she, she had always been around birds and she was a vegetarian. And is, is the idea that you just have like a collection of living birds or I, are you rescuing birds? Like, what is the... That's the thing I didn't understand is because in aviary, you're supposed to adopt them out. Right. And they would adopt them out and that costs money. So it's kind of like when you adopt like puppies and it costs like a lot of money. And so like, so kind of like that, like a puppy adoption place, um, but with birds. So it was kind of like a rate. It's, it's a thing that happens. I, like I said, like crazy people like birds. Um, So when you said that might say something about you, when I said I like birds, you're calling me crazy. There might be some seeds there. (laughs) I, I. If going forward, I would not trust liking birds as a positive sign ever. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, no offense. Um, no, no, it's okay. I'm sure you're fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like birds that much, but yeah. like that, that's interesting. I mean, that's that seems like, I don't know, liking birds seems pretty uh, analogous to liking other things that are really delicate flighty, and flighty. Yeah. Ephemeral. Able to just do anything on a whim sort of thing. Right. And an interesting metaphor, like if you try and keep a bird, mm-hmm. like it'll shit, it'll destroy wherever it lives. Right. And um, it'll either run away or die. Like that is literally yeah. uh, birds and cats. They're supposed to not be with people. Like, yes. Yeah. I feel and I feel like on some level you want to, you know, release the birds and that's why they adopt them out. But uh, yeah. So she wanted to get this place with this other aviary. And um, I got real, real bad vibes off this guy. And like from the start, he was using I've read <laughs> this is embarrassing. I've read some of those Robert Greene books about like the laws of power and seduction and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he was using like straight out of the book, like manipulation techniques and stuff <laughs> like abusive tactics and like off balance, like stuff that 
that would make you off balance. What and, was he doing? Oh, just in his communication, like he would be like, yeah, it's nice here. And then he was like, maybe you can come. And then he was like, oh, you can't. And then he was like, and then he had, and so he was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he was like, I kind of have reservations. So he kind of made him, made her sell herself sort right. of thing. Like, and convince like, herself like, that she really wanted yeah, to go. Yeah. yeah. So like, and I, and I, this whole, and she would like, let me in on the side of the conversation and I would like help her out. And I was, uh, the thing is, it's embarrassing. It was probably really bad, but I was so like blinded by wanting her to be back that I was like really sure. excited for her to be there but even though I got like these mad vibes off this guy and I, I told her like I was like listen this is like manipulation tactics this is what people yeah. this is how like guys pick up chicks like um, and I was telling her all that stuff and at this point we she had been expressive towards me like and she had said she had feelings for me and, and stuff and she wanted to be with me and stuff like that so mm -hmm. I was kind of in this headspace whereas like if she got back she'd realize this that this guy like sucked and then she might move back with her dad and then like might have a chance again so that was probably where I was I was headed in that whole area but um so eventually she got to live with this guy and um we would communicate sometimes but like the first okay so when she flew over there um the first thing that happened is she said she'd like call me <laughs> Right. Um, and again. yeah, and uh, again, she claimed that water damage destroyed the phone. But um, like, oh, man. what she, happened is like, right. She's a young, hip girl. She needs to come up with a better excuse. Yeah. <laughs> than water damage. What happened right before, like right after she would have landed, like, so she, like I knew when her flight was sort of thing. Yeah. And so, right. I, I got a call from her and um, like I pick up the phone and there was like a, a sharp shrill sound like a let me high pitched noise or something and um then like an intense rustling and then um fucking and then it just clicked off and then the phone was and then if i call back it was as if the phone was dead and so i was like fuck dude this random internet guy just like murdered her and oh, and i didn't hear like i was i was so shaken like at that point i was just like out of my a mind shrill sound like a scream like yeah a like maybe Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I fruck out pretty hard. Um, and then like a few days later, like she called me from his phone, I guess, and told me like it was OK. But um, then slowly. A few days later. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Weren't you flipping out? Yeah. If I, if I, yeah, if I'm not, if if I go like an hour and I'm trying to find somebody, I, I, I call the police. Yeah, well, at Go this nuts. point, I was kind of, it was kind of like old hat. Like, right. I was kind of, oh, oh, you know, used to it. But so she, then we started talking again, and, um, you know, she would say that, like, this guy is weird, and I just had this huge fight with him. We were yelling about nothing, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on there? Like, and it was just really weird, and, um, I, I got really suspicious because I like my radar was going off this whole time. Like I don't I kind of felt back when she told me she was moving to the ashram initially and I cried like I kind right. of saw like something like this playing out. So it was so weird. And but at this um, point, she's in Sacramento. Yeah, around there. Right. Um, and how far is Sacramento from where you were living? About eight hours, nine hours. Okay. No, no, no. More like 12. But yeah. So towards the top of, uh, you know, California. But so, yeah, so they, they would have arguments and stuff, and I would try and, like, figure out what the space was like kind of thing. Yeah. And, Did um, she say what their arguments were about? No, like, well, she, like, he would say that she, he thought that she shouldn't be there. Hmm. And so, like, this, again, this is still, like, abusive tactics and, um, like, manipulative tactics. And um, I didn't really know about it too well, but like after after the shit really hit the fan, like I started doing research, and it's like this is cycle, it's cyclical, it's this crazy thing. But um, so yeah, um, it seemed like a couple times she had like really wanted to just come home and not be there anymore, and I would you know say like, come on, you should you should, if you feel that way, you should come down, you know, and. Um, uh, yeah, so that happened. And she was, uh, she would be evasive about it, describing various things. And she would like say that she had to leave, like when we were talking for any period of time. And what I come to realize is like that he would come up and be all like, you're talking to him too much. And like, she would right. be like, you have to leave. I have to stop. And um, so she, he would limit contact with like anyone. And it was me. And he just had a private aviary in his house. Yeah. 
Okay. And the thing is, I like, and he also like um, did art and sold really shitty art. Like, um, I I don't feel bad because <laughs> he made it in a computer program that's like designed to make entities in 3D like rendering. So like right. he would render a 3D field clip art that was in this program, and then would render a bird in the clip art and would sell it for like 50 bucks. Ugh. And it was and it looked terrible. It was like this is not Pixar. Like this is a guy an old man who has just figured out this program and it is copy and pasting things like okay. and he'd sell these prints and he'd, he'd buy hash and um, alcohol and I, I smoke uh, weed um, mm -hmm. and she never did which was fine I'd just soon she didn't do anything she didn't want to but when she was there she was drinking um lots of tequila and um like smoking lots of hash which will get you out of your mind like yeah. if you're doing yeah. with any regularity and um she was admitting to doing that and because basically because he wanted her to and Jesus. yeah no it's fucked up um and uh so at some point she had come to visit and she like had texted me and was like hey and I didn't realize this this is stupid I didn't realize what the deal was and she's like hey what are you doing right now like uh, at like 12 o'clock at night and I was like nothing I'm, I'm sleeping and she's like why and she's like I might need a ride and I was like uh okay and she's like oh never mind and then uh. The next day I was at work and she was like, hey, I'm in town. Like, can I come visit? And so she comes into our old work and I'm talking and like I'm talking to her and it, it just feels fucked. Like it's it's not it's like there's a, like a mannequin talking to me almost like nothing feels right. And I and I kept just saying that I'm like, this is weird. This is right. This is weird. You're here. You shouldn't be here. Like, there's no reason. Like, nothing is right. Because, like, before, yeah. it was just always just such bliss. Like, yeah. Um, but oh. it was, it, there was no, it was just like nothing. Did it was she like, say was, why she was there? No. Like, I didn't know why she was there. I had talked to her parents a little bit and she was there for a few days. And apparently, um, and then so after the end of the few days, um, she went back and I was like, you know, you, you can stay here. Like, you know, it's just a couple, like, you don't have to go back right away. You can stay a couple more days. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, like ugh, the birds are, are missing me. And apparently and I didn't find this uh, out about later, but like he had given her his phone and he'd been texting her just nonstop and trying to get in contact with her and been all like, and then at some point he changed tax and he was literally texting her that the birds were being violent and being different, like with her <laughs> presence and that they needed her to be there. Oh my gosh. That's insane. And that has something to do do with why she came back but apparently see I didn't find anything as out until a shit hit the found but apparently at that time they had a huge falling out and she was not wanting to be there anymore because yeah. she felt threatened and that's why she came back but eventually she reversed course because of those communications he was sending by the phone and so yeah and that's why she went back but okay so that happened and there had been a point where she was there that like Michael that's the guy's name Michael the old man and he was a really like he was wanting to talk to me and I was like, well, I should talk to him. That's, that seems like a normal thing because like she doesn't have very many people in her life. There's like me. And then at that point there was Michael and then her uh, dad and her step mom. Right. And those were the only people that would have ever said words to her, like in her life at that point. And, um, so yeah, I wanted to talk, but she was like really not wanting me to talk to her or talk to him. And so that didn't like, that didn't happen. But, um, Eventually she went back and I didn't know what the deal was and I didn't hear from her for like a long time and then um, Like the next thing I tried to talk to the guy Michael and reach out to him because he seemed to be on the on the Facebook a lot And I feel like gross about this But I really tried to like suck up to him because he was an abusive person and He would just like shut people off so I would try to flatter him to try and like un like you know be able to glean information about the situation yeah and so but then basically we stopped okay here's the other thing when she was visiting like I had just I was driving around and I like and she was in my car and I basically was like Mandy like this is the crate like I miss you so much like I can't even I've never stopped thinking about you like once and and she like she was like yeah and she like basically I don't remember what she said at the time because it didn't become important till way later but she had basically like echoed those feelings back I don't know if it was fake at the time or whatever but so when she came and visited afterwards I was feeling like kind of confident because I was like oh yeah well I told her she likes me or I like her and she likes me 
Yeah. And so I thought like things were going to go to a positive place. And um, I was thinking about maybe seeing if I couldn't move up there because I know this guy who uh, was just planning to move right around there, like about an hour away. And I was going to see if I couldn't go up there because uh, he was going to get some free rent for a while. And I was just going to. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so I was kind of positive, and then I just didn't hear for her for, like, literally two months. And then on Facebook, when I was at work checking my phone on Facebook, um, in the bathroom, I found, I, I saw, um, is now married. And I was like, okay. Whoa. I literally vomited into the toilet. Like, really? At the time. Yeah. I, oh, I, my God. And then I, like, I, I just... I felt sick and I just like stumbled over to my boss and I was like, not feeling good. I got to go home. And I drove home and I punched a hole in my windshield and I was just, oh my God. I was just screaming. Did you break your windshield? Yeah, I really, Holy shit. yeah, Sorry. I broke my windshield. Oh my God. I was really pissed because yeah. I never lash out in anger because it can only hurt things. And so I have always like, I can, you can see the inside, but don't like, you know, attack things because yeah, that can yeah. be damaged. And the first time I fucking do it, like I punch a hole, I have to pay $250 to replace my windshield. And <laughs> so then I was just like a man in a daze for like a week and I would literally go into work and vomit and then be like I can't so did you know home. that she was married to that guy yeah and like, so like when it happened I was like oh you gotta I I, I, I I sent him a Facebook because that was the only communication line I had I was like you gotta let me talk to her if you had any heart you'd like let me say and something you, you couldn't talk to her no because like he was monitoring her computer usage and stuff and would not want her Jeez. to talk to me and she's a codependent you know a cycle of abuse and um she sought like kind of seeks out that sort of thing right and so like she in those dynamics she wants to be submissive and helpful like she was always really willing and and, and kind of want accommodating with us you know and so it was kind of like a expansion of that but the guy was abusive so yeah um but yeah so i found out and i, I sent him the facebook and he was like i don't think you should ever talk to each other her again like Mandy doesn't want to see you ever again I'm like yeah whatever you're just being a cock but um so that was yeah that happened and I, I called out sick for like about a week and um eventually my boss was like you gotta come into work otherwise you're fired and so I started coming back to work and I just everything reminded me ever you know and I just couldn't at all and um, I eventually talked to her like dad because her dad was about as surprised by this as me. Yeah. And we basically met up and 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 like put the pieces together. And so that's when I like what had happened is he he uh, being her dad had felt really weird about this whole thing. And I had felt really weird about this whole thing. And we had both been on the cusp of like talking to each other about it. But we were just right. kind of like wait and see. And um, so we were both like, fuck. And um, I don't know. I was like, well, we got to do something. Like, let's kidnap her or something. Like, I wanted to, to steal her back heroically or something. But um, uh, <laughs> they, they were not down for it at all. And so I was like, I think this is what should happen. Like, I really do. And so I talked to my parents and they're like, I don't think that's the right plan and my dad was like that but he was for, like for kidnapping her? yeah yeah um but i had i had a whole thing yeah what was your thing oh um i was gonna you know stay around and, and monitor for a few days and then i was gonna find a, a place where they went into public and then slash a tire and then they couldn't go anywhere and then when they <laughs> you know eventually split up to figure out how to deal with that i'd talk to her and be ask her if i could talk and then i try and really figure out what was going down and if anything was like not you know, willful, I was going to try and get her back. So that was my working plan. But, right. and, but my dad was like, you should pray, you should pray, you should talk to pastor Tony. So I talked to my pastor and he was like, you should just not do anything. And I was like, I don't think that's the answer. Like, I really think I should do something, but I just didn't, I didn't do anything. And, um, we, I talked to her parents and they didn't want to do anything, but we put it together. And basically I found out that indeed when she had come back to visit, that they had had a huge breakup and he literally kicked her out and drove her to the airport and left her there. And she was at the airport until um, her parents came and they came and got her and drove her down. And that's why she was visiting. Oh. And I didn't know any of that. And then he just changed his mind? Yeah. Yeah. And he had sent her with her phone and he had just been nonstop. And he, apparently her dad just wanted to like throw the phone away and never, you know, let her do anything like that again and yeah. like leave. Um, but it didn't happen. And so that's how I found out, like, that my girlfriend was 
dating or married to that guy. And like, is that still happening? Is she still yeah, married? Yeah, now? I'd assume. I mean, I and honestly he's, don't know. How old is he? He's, he's I don't know, to be honest, but he's, he, he's got to be in something. his 60s or 70s. Yeah, he was like in a war that you have to be old to have been in. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I don't mean to laugh so callously. It's, it's all good. But it was just, it was, it was, uh, that's crazy. So, so yeah. what, like, how has that experience affected your view towards relationships and women and dating? I don't know. I, I think that, um, people, like, well, what I learned is, like, I did research on it, like, abuse is cyclical. Mm -hmm. And it's like people have these, you know, cycles where they just kind of do, because that's kind of what's semi comfortable to them. Right. And it's like she was just a victim in all this, too. She had a lot of stuff in her past and she had a history of drug abuse and stuff. But I mean, she she was, uh, I don't know. Well, and you said in general, you might be attracted to women who are Oh, dam definitely damaged or something like that. What, you know, what do you think that is? I think it's a need to feel validated via service. Like if I'm helping stuff in a concrete way, in a way that benefits someone, that's valuable to me. You know? Gotcha. So, and I mean, part of why I always wanted a girlfriend is just like a companion, someone that you could lift up and someone you could trust to lift you up. And if you have that and together you can like talk about stuff and live your life mm -hmm. and confide in each other, like you don't need anything else. Yeah. I don't think. So like super codependency. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I, I, I I'm with you. Okay. I hear it. I like that. I, I mean, I don't know how healthy that is, but yeah. part of me really romanticizes the idea of not needing anybody else and just being with the, with one other person and yeah. kind of well, shutting I mean, out the rest of the world. I can't I can't handle like too many relationships with other people, like just in general. Like I don't mm -hmm. want to have like a large circle of friends or people that I mingle with. Like I just want a few good people and fuck everyone else. Like right. I just don't think there's enough. I don't know. Like, so are you attracted to girls that are more outgoing, that kind of bring you out of your shell, or girls that are more introverted? Either. To be honest, I'm attracted to a huge spectrum of people. I, I'd say, I've said before, I'll, I'll fall in love with anyone I see. Like, I really, and it's like that, like, when it's not been, like, in my past, it's not been, like, one crush. It's been, like, three or four girls that I've been interested in, like, simultaneously. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, like, I really, I, I enjoy experiencing people like that. Like, and it's not, yeah. it's just people being people, I guess. It's not even, like you said, introverted or outgoing or anything. It's just them. Would it would it be accurate to say that you've never really asked anybody out? Because I mean, with Mandy, I've probably like, you guys asked, were including okay. Manda, about three people out. So very few. Like I've I very rarely acted on my emotions, but yeah, I mean it's happened a, co a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But you're you're open to it. But like so so like as we're like currently we're on this countrywide tour of the U.S. and. We're only in places for like a night at a time. Do you, do you feel like it's like a waste of time to hang out with women from city to city? I mean, I don't find and it. And that's not me setting you up for yeah, no, any sort it. of answer. I don't find it a particularly fruitful endeavor. Like, yeah. I'm not saying like it's not worth it. It's kind of silly a little bit. Kind of. I don't know. I well, don't know. I don't know. I mean, like I'm speaking, I'm projecting. Like I, um. You know, we, we have this joke that I that I want you to, to really get out there. Yeah. But I also, I don't know, like, I don't think that it's, I think, it, you know, there's there's Evan the cameraman, who's, uh, it's it's funny when he He's gets out there right for some reason. He's sitting right here for the podcast <laughs> listeners. He's right here in the cabin with us. Um, but I, you know, there, I don't, maybe it's. I like. I think it's maybe it's just nice to uh, to get to know people, but you don't necessarily need to uh, sample pussies, as we would say. Yeah, the, I mean, I tour. like talking to people who have interesting stuff to say, but uh, uh, I don't want to throw the fans under a bus. But I, what I, I don't think what I do is really interesting. So when people are like, "Yeah, I like this part," I'm like. That's cool that you did, but I didn't think it was that great. So I mean, like, <laughs> well, what they're saying to you is, "Hey, like you're you're like me. Like we have this one-sided friendship because they're listening to the podcast and they're they've developed a friendship with you. Mm -hmm. And so what they're saying to you is, "Hey, we're friends. 
I gotta let you know that we're friends. I well, that like that's cool. I mean, yeah, I no, never it, really it, thought it about super, it like super that, cool. but yeah. I think I think that's by and large what it is. Yeah, and that's how how you should be receiving that stuff. That's good. Like, well, in Nashville though, like, um, there's a really eager guy and there's a, a pretty eager guy, and we talked pretty much the whole time I was out. Yeah, and that was really cool. Like, cause we were talking about I don't know just stuff that they did or was interested in, and it was just interesting. I don't know. I'm I. For as introverted as I am, I really do desire human contact, and I like that interaction, and I really want to dig in deep and figure out what the fuck is going on with a person, because, like, I don't yeah. think I understand people very well, and I well, need to, Well, you're very, like, like, affable and, like, easy to get along with, and, like... Yeah, well, I feel yeah. like I'm really accommodating. It's I'm very conscious of that. Mm -hmm. um, I always I don't want people to have problems with me. I want to be the person who can smooth over things and the person that you can ask um, to do stuff for, or the person that you know if you need advice or random information that'll be beneficial. Like what uh, what what characters from movies have you had crushes on? You know, like. Honestly, I never really got like celeb crushes on that or, or anything like that. Um, Even characters? Uh, really? Uh, no, not really. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I I watch a lot of anime, and so there's like anime characters I have affinities <gasps> with. But that like there, I've watched so many animes and appreciated so many characters that I couldn't even like think of them. And I haven't watched anime in a long time, so I'm I'm really out of the loop there. But, do um, you, yeah. Have you dated Asian girls or would you? No, date, like, no, I haven't dated. Like what I what I've told you today is a summation I mean, have of you my had experience. crushes on 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 Asian girls. I haven't been um, too interactive with Asian girls. Like I've been in some AP classes. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, <laughs> it's funny, but um, <laughs> it's funny. But that I've been there's been a couple of girls that I've been attracted to, and like, but not like overwhelmingly in any manner. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not opposed. Sure. Is that um here's a really stupid ignorant question. Um if I if I was just profiling and I was to be uh, I was to stereotype you and I didn't know anything about you except from like you being Spencer the dungeon master, I would guess that like you were exclusively interested in Asian girls because of an anime and Oh, that's uh, interesting. Asian culture and stuff. Like what do I'm you I'm not I don't it's, the thing is like Television, American television is very episodic and like serialized and it's mm -hmm. like really show business. But there's not very really interesting epic stories that are woven like over a long period that are just like one story. Yeah. And like anime has that in spades. Like it's it just follows one story for a long time. And then when that story is over, the anime's over. It's not like renewed for a new season. What's your favorite anime? I don't know. I, it's, they're, they're, What's one of your favorite? I don't, I don't uh, uh, What's a good one for a Sunday? A Sunday? What? What? What is a Sunday character? A relaxed, by? a relaxed day. There's, there's a funny anime called some. God damn it! Is I'm, there a romantic a anime? While. There's lots like of romantic a, animes. Yeah. I don't really like them so much. Right. I don't know. I don't know. The I can't think of the names even. Do this you ever is, watch animated nerd. porn? No. No. Uh. Uh. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. But you don't seek it out. No. I mean, no. Should I? I don't know. Is that? Asking. Yeah. I mean, like I, like I, I watch porn sometimes, and animated porn like pops up, uh -huh. and I'm like, oh well, this seems like a really particular thing for some people, and that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What do you? You've been around Dan and I quite a bit. Yeah. What do you think of our relationship? I think that I don't know. I mean, you you kind of have explained it already right like in general like you just you're uh you, you kind of oh this is mean oh. you, you you're kind of like uh uh egotistical and you guys think like that things are about sometimes you when they're not ah this is so oh, rude i'm sorry what do you mean no that's like what, okay that's you idea. you have an a problem uh -huh. That you feel like is someone being rude to you. Me personally, or or Dan will do this too. Yeah, right. Okay. Where it's someone like doing something to you, and it's not that someone did something to you. It's that someone did something, and the end result is you being inconvenienced. But you feel like someone like was trying, and the reason you're bothered is because it feels like someone's being callous uh -huh. or like trying like. Ha 
had you in mind, if you will. Okay. But it's really just like random. Okay. And I don't know. I feel like you're saying Dan and I both do this. Yeah. Well, a lot of times it's hard to explain or quantify, but a lot of times you like argued about how you guys like saw different sides of the problem, but really uh-huh. after you hashed it out, you'd really seen the same thing yeah. and just kind of had different takeaways. Right. And that was like the, but the source of it is often like you think something happened to you when it just kind of happened. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. Like but, narcissism on both sides. Yeah, that's yeah. Maybe. maybe Dan and I are pretty similar in that way. Yeah. Um, in a positive, what do you think of our relationship? I think or it's they, cool. I mean, I, <laughs> well, I, not I, to force you to say something nice about it. No, just, it's it's a good relation. It seems healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd I'd be proud of it if I were you. I'm proud of it. I'm glad. I feel good about it. Yeah, you should. It seems like that kind of relationship, a feel feeling, a not a not terrible feeling one. But that uh, the, the thinking that someone is doing something wrong when they're not is a thing. Yeah, I think mo- the source of most of our fights is that we think the other person is doing something to hurt us or is not loving us. When they're just something. just being uh, absent-minded. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's a good thing to take away. Um, so are you, I, I mean, like, this, this relationship with Mandy was a year ago, you said? Um, okay. Christmas. Christmas. So this is 2013, 2012. We started dating in 2011. Um, it would have been July 23rd, which is some, like, solstice or something like that. I don't know. It's some, like summer season related uh, day. So your heart is probably open at this point, right? Yeah, no, like the thing is like after that whole thing happened, I started um, getting in my head all the time at work. I would work 40 hours a week and I would just think about my deficiencies and like how I dropped the ball. And um, so I started really heavily listening to music. I didn't listen to music too much before getting that job. Yeah. And I started listening to music and I started listening to tons and tons of podcasts and when I say tons and tons of podcasts, I mean tons and tons of uh, Nerdist podcasts, mostly, and How mm-hmm. I Met Your... Uh, no, How Did This Get Made? And then I got Harmontown, because I had always been interested in... I was really a big fan of community, yeah. but um, I didn't really know about Harmontown. My brother uh, told me that it was a podcast, because he knew I kind of like podcasts, so I started listening to it. And, uh, yeah, so, like, that... you Like, I don't... Do you know when Harmontown started, like, broadcasting as a podcast? Yeah, July. July. June. Yeah, June like July. that April was when I had found out. So, like, that whole thing happened. So, um, yeah, we weren't technically together at that point because we hadn't been together since the beginning of that year. But um, I found out in around April, and I started listening to podcasts, and then, like, I started listening to Harmontown, and I was like, oh, man, that's in L.A., like, I should go. And then I went. And that would have been episode five, the first day that uh, I, I went on stage. And okay. so, like, uh, this was pulling out of my tailspin, essentially. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it seems like you are in a pretty good place and you don't feel like you... It, it seems... I mean, what you're projecting, and maybe this is true, maybe it's not, is that you don't... That you're happy and you don't really need to date anybody but if it was to come up you wouldn't be opposed to it I can't actively seek out dating like I don't yeah. I wouldn't know the first thing to do well and I think most people shouldn't actively seek out dating and most as, as a function it'll happen of, or it yeah. doesn't happen but as a function of that I I haven't like I would desperately like a relationship um, yeah. but it's not like I want a relationship it's that I want to find someone you know like yeah. it's stupid but like we were me and Mandy were really compatible and like I don't want to just be randomly dating people like I want to find someone I really like and I don't know well maybe that will be like a a cool side effect of this podcast in that you are you know more people are aware of who you are and like your your pace and your sensibilities and stuff and like someone who's like oh like that's like me like I want to hang out and uh, talk about anime or whatever just like relax and put on a hoodie and yeah yeah no I mean it's definitely something that will 
I'm sure it couldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I do, uh, but the problem is, it's I, that what's going to happen is you're going to reach the perfect person, and they're going to be like in Somalia, and then it just <laughs> doesn't even matter. No, I think there are a lot of I think there are a lot of perfect. Yeah, people. I think that's probably true. Too. I also think well, you're you're 23. Yeah, and I think that you. I mean, I I dated a lot of people in between 23 and now, and you. The beauty of dating people is that you kind of zero in on what you want. I mean, it's really hard to know that until you like go through relationships with people because yeah. you you don't really know what you need until you like compare somebody else against you. Like now you know, like I'm going to stay away from brood people. You wouldn't have known that before. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know. I get what you're saying. I just don't have anything to add. No. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for being on the podcast. I'm excited to be on the rest of the tour with you. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 really cru- cool. It's really fun. Yeah, it is um, super fun. Yeah, it's, it, the ball hasn't dropped yet. Yeah, no, definitely. It's always it's been. Or the other hasn't the been the like, other foot hasn't dropped. The other shoe hasn't dropped. I don't regret anything. Yeah. Cool. Which is rare. Regret nothing. Regret nothing. Hashtag no regrets. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, sponsor. That's the show, everybody. Uh, follow Spencer on Twitter uh, at the Sixler. Um, also, check out the Harmontown podcast. And if you guys could go to iTunes and review This Feels Terrible, uh, give us give it some stars. Leave it some reviews. Uh, really appreciate that. It, it uh, does a lot for the podcast, and also it warms my, my heart. I, I check it pretty regularly. Also, you can email me at thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com. I read every email. Sometimes I'm slow to respond uh, because you guys are awesome and and send me a lot of emails. But I am thoughtful about every response. And you guys are amazing and wonderful. If you uh, are so moved, you can donate to the podcast by going to forrealaudio.com and clicking on This Feels Terrible. Click on, uh, yeah, the donate button. If you donate $50, I'll send you a painting. Email me. Tell me what you want me to paint. Or send me $10, and I'll send you a postcard. Uh, Yeah. Follow me on the Twitters. Follow me on the Instagrams. Review me on the iTunes. And follow your dreams. Follow those dreams. Peace, cakes. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with Geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet hair. I was born with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.